All right, before we start a new hour, we are counting it down to Halloween. What do we think of this young Mike McDaniel costume? Danny, look at this. Not only does he have the outfit, but he's got the run off the field working. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> flawless. Well job by those parents. Well done job by those parents. He's got the form down, too. Look yeah, at him. They look yeah. like he does. He's got the Might be fast. <laughs> the hair, uh, shades. Love it. I liked it when people used to do Rex when you would, we would have you with the, oh, the yeah, headset yeah. and the vest. You had a yes. very distinctive look back in the day. And I was even 100 pounds heavier. Yeah, that's exactly. Look at Rex. He's like half the man he used to be. Uh, anyway, with that, we welcome you back to uh, live to another hour from the Seaport. We're brought to you by Grey Goose. We are jam-packed. And let's keep it moving. So we, we opened by talking about the Week 8 NFC big picture here. We got the three big teams all in action yesterday. We showed you highlights from all of them. Dan, give me your biggest takeaway from Brock Purdy's struggles against the Bengals. You, you have to be concerned that so many passes of his over the past couple weeks are getting touched by the defense. Could have thrown even more interceptions than he did yesterday. There's a, still a lot of good moments. But it was a very good defensive performance by Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. And if you're the 49ers offensively, you got to get back on rhythm in your pass game. So they lose a third straight game. Rex, the Eagles, another tough one with the Commanders, but they have a stud in A.J. Brown. Well, well only six straight games over 125 yards receiving. Uh, really? And were we surprised by that, Washington? Just curious. How about we have two guys on him every snap? But A.J. Brown is a beast. The first thing you think of is how physical Philly is when they run the football. How physical is their wideout? A heck of a lot more physical than anybody else's in the yeah, He is very much, to me, in the MVP right. conversation as well. And, and then we had the Cowboys in the early window obliterating the Rams. How about the quarterback? Yeah, the quarterback's been outstanding in the last couple of weeks. His accuracy on those passes, and Dan pointed out his eyes. I think Dak's intelligence is so important to the game, understanding the team. And then they get an early lead, it's over. Once they get an early lead and you have to throw the ball, they're going to force turnovers, and Micah Parsons is going to be a problem. Absolutely. If there's one thing that I don't think any of us wonder about, let's start by focusing on them for a moment. None of us wonder if they can play great against bad teams. None of us wonder if they can blow out teams that they should blow out. And that's – I'm not trying to uh, undersell that. That's an important quality of being a good team. The question is, can they do it at a championship quality level? Did yesterday change your mind at all about the Cowboys being a championship team? It, it did not. If the Cowboys get to play to the exact style that they kind of need to – then I will get into that conversation and say they can go beat the Philadelphias and the San Francisco's or even the Detroit's and Seattle's. But they have to play to that style. Uh, their, their offense was great. You know, Dak's eyes, Dom, I, I thought they're fantastic. The, the ability to get CD moving around and then using that information I thought was really good. CD's at the bottom of the screen. Dak is going to read that safety. If he goes towards CD, he's going to read to the three-man side. If he goes to that three-man side or towards the middle of the field, he's going to throw a post-corner post one-on-one to CD. Now look at Dak's eyes. He knows what that safety's doing, so he's taking him where he wants to go. Safety closes his shoulders, rips that backside in, or that backside post-corner post. Beautiful job. Now another one. CD's at the top of the screen, okay? And you're going to get pressure off your left side. Now, when that happens, you have a defensive end from the right that's going to drop into coverage. His job is to drop and kind of read your eyes. Dak knows that again, so he's staring to the left side, bottom of the screen, to get that guy to just to straighten up a little bit to vacate that open zone for what we call a wrap-in. So I thought the, the movement of C.D. Lamb, the matchups that were created, and the eyes for Dak Prescott were great. If I get that consistently out of their offense – 
then yeah, they're, they're, they, they have championship type of moments. And then the defense gets to play with the lead for sure. But I haven't seen that consistency to, consistently to bank on. You agree with that, Rex? Well, no. I, I think this team showed me something. The fact that you, you just kind of glanced over it. You made a good point about C.D. Lamb, how they moved him. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be glanced over. They haven't done that. Up until this week, they kept putting Michael Gallup at the X receiver. And they would the have CeeDee Lamb in the slot by him. Like, Always. Yeah. And, and to me, that, that's like they realized, hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're not any good with Michael Gallup uh, mm-hmm. out at that the weak side of that formation. Let's put our best receiver over there. They put CeeDee Lamb over there. And that thing that this play you just showed, yeah. all right, it's a fire zone pressure. Well, that linebacker, the defensive end, is dropping to the number two receiver. You moved him away, you got more space for C.D. Lamb. That's why you had all that room in there. The other thing is this. They realize Brandon Cooks is a special player in his own right, and he's your second best receiver. Throw the other kid out with the water. I don't care. He, he, he <laughs> underperforms every with single week. And so to me – Brandon Cooks is legit, and so does C.D. Lamb, and now you got an offense to start to figure it out. The reason why you put your best receiver at X is perfectly illustrated by Dan's video is because it's harder to double-team him. You put your best receiver in the slot, you don't have to compromise your defense. A safety's already over here. You put your best receiver to the X, then you have to move a safety over, then you have a three over two on the other side or something like that. So if you put C.D. Lamb in a slot or you put him at the Z, there's too many people around him. You don't force the defense to compromise themselves to stop him. Now, you got to do something different. You got to compromise the rest of your defense to slow City down. So, so today is not just a day that we look back on all of yesterday's action, but it's also the beginning of what should be the best weekend the NFL has had so far. Monster games. We got Bengals and Bills, which is huge. huge. And it'll be in Frankfurt for Kansas City, Miami, maybe the top of the AFC. And then Dallas and Philly. So as we're sitting here looking at these two teams, the first of two meetings this year between the Cowboys and Eagles. So after we see the Eagles, look. Styles make fights, isn't that what we say? Obviously, the commanders just give the Eagles fits. There's something in that matchup, but give Philly credit. They found a way to win another tough game yesterday, so they go into this thing coming off another hard-fought win. Who do you feel better about right now going into this game next week in Philadelphia, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Philadelphia, because they have, they have more pitches. Philadelphia, because they can win in, in different ways more consistently. If, if you want to stop their run game, then they can get into their RPO game. If you want to stop... Um, the commitment of A.J. Brown. Then they have players like Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift and Devontae Smith. I think the game is going to come down to, honestly, A.J. Brown versus C.D. Lamb. Which one of those receivers has a monster game is going to help their offense in significant amounts? Well, and, and that, I guess, does also spin to the defensive question. Because, Rex, you brought up earlier, this Eagles team that was so historically good last year, particularly getting after the quarterback, they are playing without five of last year's starters. They did lose their defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach in Arizona. So I'll ask you a similar version of the same question. Which defense do you feel better about going into this matchup? Oh, it's, it's the Cowboys? Not, it's not even close. Not even close. I'm taking Dallas every single day of the week. Here's what even I though see. Even they got run over. In the games they've lost, they've been yeah. out-physicaled. Well, out-physicaled. And the Eagles are physical. And- well, no, they're absolutely physical. But I believe in Dan Quinn. I think we're going to see the adjustments against those RPOs and things like that running game. Yeah. He has to make those adjustments. Look, the the, the, the corner that um, uh, Bland. Bland that came in is playing way yeah. better than I thought he would outside. Yeah. Gilmore's been a been a obviously is is an outstanding player. So to me, it's not close. Billy, I see a vanilla defense that right now gets stuck in cover two and cover four. 
and and you're going to play that against Dak Prescott with the adjustments I saw that the staff made in in the putting C.D. Lamb and, and Brandon Cooks as your two top guys. I think Dallas has, has I can't yeah. pick him because my dad would roll over in his grave. <laughs> Dak, Dak is going to be incredible against stationary, stagnant, simple yep. defenses. But that D-line is the problem. If they destroy the Cowboys offensive line, no quarterback can survive under that pressure. And then let me spin it back to San Francisco. A, a month ago, well, after the blowout win over the Cowboys, we figured, well, they're the best team in the yeah. NFL. They haven't won since then. Yeah. They've lost three straight games. If you had told me coming out of that, when we were sitting here on that Monday morning, the Niners are going to lose their next three games. I would never no have yeah. believed you. How much concern do you see there? Do they need to do something before the trade deadline tomorrow? I don't think they need to do Jeff something. hinted they might. Wide hinted. receiver, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think. we got to see how healthy Debo gets. I'd say this, two things. The concern is so many passes from Brock Purdy over the last three weeks have been touched by the defense. And the thing that made him so special for that unique run was the ball was coming out of his hands so early, like crazy anticipation, and he wasn't giving the ball away. And that's what you were sitting there going, that is such a unique trait. And and that's starting to not be the case as consistently. So that does have to be concerning if you're Kyle Shanahan. And then I do think that as an offensive person, Dom, you can attest this and Rex as well. When I look at their defense, I go, let me find the nickel. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be rude. Let me find the nickel. If I can get matchups on their nickel, which is their third corner, I feel really good about it, and Cincinnati did it consistently yesterday. But that's not – this team is defensively built around that defensive line, and they haven't been winning the way that we come to expect them to win. And I think the reason why the offense is struggling is also because the defense is struggling. What Kyle Shanahan has had the whole time he's been there is a really great defense, and that allows him throughout the course of the entire game to threaten with the run and the pass and play action the hell out of those linebackers. Right. In these games, late in the games, the teams know they have to throw, and Purdy is not going to pick a defense apart without the the um, threat of Nick, that's a, a great point because what happened in this game was this game specifically they couldn't get that run game going and so those linebackers were they the biting on the play action no right. they were dropping deep and Purdy's his throws uh, all yeah. season have been incredible throwing with anticipation accuracy and all that he how many balls do we see him feather over a linebacker right. that was like his and, superpower and absolutely well now look how deep Perfect these drops tonight. are there's no room now, yeah. and that's why Purdy has crashed out. Look, he did throw for 360 yards yeah, in that big game, time but throws. they lost that game because of Joe Burrow and company and the fact they couldn't run the ball. The biggest thing right now, they got to get Trent Williams back in there. Good point. Because they need to have somebody be able to run the football. And didn't you, what were the numbers you wanted earlier oh. about their defensive line? Well, it just came to me. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Himbo. Uh, there's three guys making $339 million, all right? In that front four. Bosa, Hargrave, Hargrave Armstead. and Armstead. Okay, only, only Armstead showed up yesterday. He had two sacks. I'm sorry. We got to get our money's worth. And, and Bosa and Hargrave, we're not getting our money's worth. And this team, they, they pride themselves on all we have to do is rush four. Well, you better get home with those four or you're going to get ripped like you have the last several weeks. And so the Niners all of a sudden don't look at least at this moment, like they're the best team. They've actually been passed up in their own division by Seattle. As we continue, I'm not sure either team was the best team yesterday, Jets-Giants, but somehow the Jets pulled out a miracle win. What did that mean going forward? We'll talk about it. And then we will get back to Joe Cool. Burrow is back. Huge win for Cincinnati yesterday. 
We'll tell you exactly what it means for the entire AFC. Spoiler alert, it means they're all in trouble. The Grim Reaper! Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back on Get Up, and it's time to go through some of our AFC takeaways. We just ran through the top of the NFC. Dan, let's talk specifically about Tua and Tyreek Hill yesterday against New England. Another great day of connection. You see the ball distribution and then running by the defense in a little bit of the play-action game. I love so much about this offense. It's built on horizontal stretch. It's built on anticipation, gouging windows in the middle of the field, the perimeter screen game. I think one of the underrated things we don't talk about enough with Tyreek Hill is his feel for the game when it comes to football. It's very impressive. Tua sees it the same way. And there's been no question really all year long about their offense. How about Miami's defense? Oh, they're getting better. They added Jalen Ramsey yesterday, and he not only did he get an interception, but he caused a fumble right here. This is just a spectacularly smart play. He comes off of his coverage. That receiver looks open. He steals it. I would like a hurdle stay and bounce score there. You got to get that six, man. They had to settle for a field goal. But his his um, impact on the game and then the pass rush is starting to come around yeah. also. Yeah, this defense is getting better. 
we always have seen how great the offense was, how well they run the ball. If the defense can grow to the ability that I think that Jalen Ramsey can help them, they could be a real threat. Well, they're on their way to Germany again to take on Kansas Frankly. City. So let's talk about Frankly. the Chiefs. Neek, and I'll start with you. Bad game or bad sign in a loss to Denver? I can't believe you're even asking me this question. Everybody <laughs> knows it's just a bad game. Patrick Mahomes has proven to us time and time again that he is going to be great. The only issue I would say is you got to protect him. You don't want him getting touched as much as he got touched yesterday. But I think the receivers will remember how to catch, and Patrick Mahomes will get over this illness, and they'll be okay. Rex, that, that's the question is the yeah. receivers. They are so dependent on Travis Kelsey. Do they need to do something about that? I think they do, but I thought that last year, too. Huh? And the receiver that I never thought was coming was Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. He's on the roster. He just hadn't played. Like, he, he never plays. Last year, as soon as they crossed the 50, it was Travis Kelsey and Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Do they go back to that, you know, or do they bring in somebody, uh, you know, in, in with a trade? I don't think that's going to happen. I think McKinnon needs to step up. Yeah, they brought back Nicole Hardman in a, in a, I guess, a comparatively minor trade last week. The Sky Moore drop here is terrible. Rasheed Rice had a terrible drop this week. They were also playing without Taylor Swift, which I think uh, has been proven. Uh, they just play better when she's there. I don't want to hear it. They play better when she's there. Next, Rex, let's talk about the Bengals and 49ers. When we were focusing on the NFC, we talked about uh, Brock Purdy. How about from the Bengals' perspective? Oh, my God. I mean, the Grim the, Reaper? The, the Grim Reaper, by the way, he, he's not just back. He's all the way back. God! And he, <laughs> God, the, the <laughs> opponent's got, got no chance. And here, I'm going to say this. Here's how you can prove it with stats. He ran for 43 yards yesterday mm. and four first downs. In the previous six games combined, he had run for 14 yards and three first downs. Mm. He was so dynamic. And he looked the, like, he did, like he does at the end of every year. Yeah. That's how he's looked. This is scary as you know why. The other thing is they still have Lou Anarumo as the defensive coordinator. I think he's one of the finest coordinators in yeah. football. And they get a lead on you, oh, man, does he know how to, how to suffocate you at yeah. the end of games. So, to me, whew, it's scary. How about Joe? Joe? Joe looked like one of the two best quarterbacks in football yesterday. And the other guy wears number 15 in Kansas City. Like, right. that's the Joe Burrow that we saw yesterday. And that's bad news for the AFC. You know, a healthy Joe Burrow is a bad news for the AFC. I loved the plan of red zone attack. Jamar Chase by himself. We motion Boyd. The defender runs with him. Everybody at home should know we are in man-to-man coverage now. Everybody's got a guy. Now, so often down in the red zone, when they motion Boyd to that bunch, they do what we call like an F choice. He's the F receiver. He can go out versus inside leverage, hook up versus zone, or in versus outside leverage. Well, they throw a little bit of a choice pump there and then the ball by Joe Burrow. They did this a couple times yesterday down in the red zone. I love the way that they got Jamar Chase on the fake kind of screen off that nickel corner touchdown off the inside slot. So uh, the, the movement that was created by Joe Burrow, the ball placement that we saw by Joe Burrow, they went under center a little bit. Again, never going to be the identity of their offense, but we got to see that a little bit yesterday. The RPOs, I, I thought – it was the vintage performance, and the last thing I'd say is this, Greeny. Yeah. The biggest thing I said, just get to three and three to the bye. Mm-hmm. Just get, they, they found ugly. They found a way. And then coming out of the bye, I said, if you get to one and one between San Francisco and Buffalo, your season's alive. If you win the next two, they're a lock for the playoffs. If they beat Buffalo on Sunday night, and I think they are going to, 
lock them in to go to the playoffs, and that's bad news for the AFC. Well, maybe more than that. They are home in that game. The, the line I'm looking at here, the early number, is, on, is Cincinnati only by two. Again, at home, minus two. So that means Vegas sort of still likes Buffalo. I will confess, I do not. Right? You watch the way they're playing right Ooh. now. With that guy healthy, it's easy to explain some of the early struggles. Look at his numbers, for crying out loud. Yeah. If I told you right now the Bengals are the most dangerous team in the AFC, would you agree with me? Uh, after what we saw yesterday, absolutely. I think the Ravens also look really great just the week prior they didn't look as good against the Cardinals but what we saw from Joe Burrow yesterday was vintage stuff this is why this team is good he's one of the few quarterbacks that was good enough to be dropped in a bad situation and made it great it's nice to have T Higgins back that makes this offense a little bit more dangerous and threaten all sides of the field and a quarterback like him who can buy time in the pocket that's the thing about him that I think we always talk about is one of his superpowers is he can move around in the pocket. He's not going to break a 30-yard run, but he's going to stay alive in the pocket with a healthy calf. So I, I kind of like the idea. It feels like a right time to do it, to go big picture here. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City has earned the right Five to Five teams in the no. AFC. Kansas City. It's Kansas City. It's Cincinnati. It's Baltimore. It is Jacksonville, Jacksonville and Miami. Those are the five. Those are the five that right now are in a class of their own. And I'm, I'm telling everyone, Jacksonville's dangerous, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jacksonville lost to Kansas City when they had red zone that were inches away from touchdowns by one score. And then they gave they lost to Houston, and it was 20 points. So, Trevor Lawrence is making big-time throw after big-time throw after big-time throw. Evan Ingram is becoming a dynamic weapon. Calvin Ridley's awesome. And their defense is fantastic down in Jacksonville. How about you, Reds? Who, who do you like right now as the biggest threat to Kansas City? I think Baltimore. And the reason I say Baltimore, and you're right, Nate, they, they did not play well. And they still scored 31, 31 points. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, so, but I see this. The main thing is they got to keep Lamar healthy. If Lamar is healthy, they win. It's as simple as that. Yeah. They win. And this is they, the whole offseason, they bring in the new offensive coordinator. Why? So they can make the playoffs? No. So they can win in the playoffs. All right? The yeah. style of play of just running the football and, and hoping that Lamar does something throwing is out the window. Right now, he's becoming a complete quarterback. They, they, that throw complements the rushing attack. And their defense, by the way, I think might be number one or number two in Ooh. the NFL. They were putting up numbers yesterday on the, on the broadcast and comparing them to the numbers that the 2,000 Ravens put up. Yeah, I, I forget poor, it, too, but I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are. Yeah. So, here we go. We talked about all these teams. I didn't hear Buffalo in that conversation. They're, they're, they're in Cincinnati this Sunday night, massive showdown game. Uh, I, are they not in that group? Because of defensive injuries, I don't think I could put them in that group. Do I still think they can beat any of those teams? Of course. But I want to see if they make any moves before tomorrow afternoon to secure some coverage issues in the interior of their defense. It's defensive injury and it's offensive lack of dimensionality. Like their offense has become too dependent on Josh Allen, and they need some other weapon, some other threat over there. Shefty suggested earlier, if you were not with us, that it is still possible that Derrick Henry winds up in a new place that could shift the balance of power somewhere. Much more football as we go, but let me run the floor here, show you some of the best moments from the NBA yesterday and over the weekend. LeBron James, 27 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists last night against the Kings. The man in year 21 was without a minutes restriction as he played 39 minutes and they lost in overtime to Sacramento. Steph Curry, meanwhile, 24 points in a win against the Rockets, included a barrage of four straight threes in the fourth quarter. He outscored Houston 14 to 8 by himself over the final five minutes and change of that game. And then the Bucs, some struggles. Damian Lillard scored just six points in his second game after 39 in his debut. Milwaukee losing big 
to Atlanta, 127 to 110. Coming up, back to the football we go. Zach Wilson came up clutch when needed. Does this Jet team suddenly look like a playoff contender? The answers to that are coming up. Get up on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We are back on Get Up. The battle for New York on a sloppy track yesterday in New Jersey. Jets and Giants. Sloppy. Aaron Rodgers out there flinging it around looking awfully good. 24 punts into this game. Uh-huh. The Giants with 28 seconds left missed a field goal from Graham Gano, his second miss of the day. And so the Jets had a chance down by three. Dan, you texted me. Just throw it to Garrett Wilson. Every single play. I love the pocket climb from Zach Wilson there and then that big end to Garrett Wilson. The clock stops because of the penalty. And then Dexter Lawrence was the dominant force. He gets internal pressure. Zach gets outside, eyes downfield, throws back across his body to Lazard. Great job by everybody in this offense. Get it to the line of scrimmage. The center peaks to see the alignment from the official. I didn't see a guy touch it uh, referee-wise. Oh, maybe, they, maybe they get a little bit of a break there, but then the kick goes through. Bang, that's Greg Zerline mm. nailing the field goal that sends this one to overtime. The Giants won the toss and took the ball, which candidly I will never understand. And then the Jets get this play here. The underthrow is one of the best plays in the sport. Underthrow versus man coverage is, is like a guaranteed 35-yard completion. Right? And in that case, Carson Wentz special. The interference, <laughs> which sets up the field goal, which gives the Jets to win. The frustration of Brian Dayball. The elation on the other side. I would just say unbelievable grit and battle by the guys. You know, absolutely no waiver and belief there at all, including me. Didn't doubt it all. You know, when I saw our defense got a stop there, I was like, oh, 24 seconds, no problem. You know, we've shown we can do it in two minutes all year. That was a great game. We had no business winning that game. I mean, the will to win that we have on this team is um, second to none. And uh, we needed one. We needed one today, and we went out and finished. 
All right, the topic of conversation is going to be the performance of Zach Wilson because we had a fascinating discussion about it earlier this morning, and I'll dive back into it in a second because we all wanted more time for it. That said, it just someone needs to say the words out loud. Ryan Dayball made all the decisions at the end of the game that he needed to to give the Jets a chance to win. The Jets had no chance to win had Brian Dayball not given them to him or to them repeatedly. Missing a field goal in that spot with the end of the regulation was literally the only way the Jets could have won. They could have gone for it or punted, and the game would have been over. And then taking the ball at the beginning of overtime, I have no understanding of why he would have done that. Let's put those aside. Because that's not what the topic is here. The topic here is the Jets' young quarterback. Dan, how did he play? I thought he played really well. Given the circumstances, they would not have won in Norzak that game last year. In the middle of a pouring rain situation, in the middle of no run game, four drops, he probably had the best, like, most clutch stretch of plays of his young career. These three plays are big time. No, make no mistake about it. Like, climbing the pocket, ripping that in route to Garrett Wilson because you have to. You get lucky because of the clock stopping. And then getting outside the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, ripping that in across his body to Lazard, getting everybody to the line of scrimmage, no panic, and getting the spike with one clock. Those matter. Or one second on the clock. Those matter. And that gives a chance to tie the game. And then the third down throw to Garrett Wilson was big time. He's going to get safety pressure off. I mean, he does not make this throw last year. He's getting sawed in half. Gives Garrett Wilson the chance. I love the effort from Garrett Wilson. Everyone knows how I feel about that dude. And then, okay, it's it's man pressure. I'm going to give my guy a chance. It's not a good throw, but it's enough to get that flag in man coverage and then the game winner. You can say what you want. Again. I don't want to say anything. Say what you want. He played good football. He played really good football. Like the way that Greeny set it up, he made it quite clear that they did not play well enough to win that game. The Giants gave them that game, and he made some good plays. He had a QBR yesterday of 35. Let's not act like that's good. League average is like 53 or something like that. He's not that good, but he played well for him yesterday, which is fine. Let's not blow it up to something more than it is. Do not change expectations on them. They had seven points for much of that game, man. Chill out. He did good. I'm not putting a gold jacket on the dude. It feels like it. But, but how come the context of the game never matters for quarterbacks? It does matter. So it always Don, matters. Don. The context of the game is that Brian Dayball gave it to him. That's also part of the context. That both things could be true. That okay. Brian Dayball, in your guys' eyes, gave that game away, and Zach Wilson played really well. He had Really no well? Okay. See, that's when you get carried away. Okay, so three weeks ago against the Miami Dolphins, they pick off Tua twice. One goes to the house. Two weeks ago against Josh Allen and the Bills, they give up 14 points. Last week versus Washington, who just put up 30 against Philadelphia, they give up seven, okay? So the Giants' defense is playing good. The offensive line for the Jets was decimated again. He's down to his third center, okay? That's true, yeah. In the pouring rain with four drops and no run game, you can't watch that game and sit there and say, oh, my gosh, Zach Wilson was bad. You can't. There's no way that you know ball and say that. I say he was bad. You said he was very good. We're not arguing if he was bad or not. He was fine. I think he was good for him. You saying that he was just very good is just the stretch that I – let me dive in. Let me dive in the middle because the, 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 we're, we're arguing yeah. over the use of the word very at this point, which is fine. I, I understand what you're saying. The Giants, did I mention, had minus nine passing yards in this game and it went to overtime. Rex, are they good enough? Is this Jets team a playoff team? We talked about the top of the AFC. No one's putting them there right now. But eight, uh, seven teams get into the playoffs. Are the Jets going to be one of them? Absolutely. And, I'm, and I've said it from jump. Don't give up on it. Defense still wins in this league. And when you can play defense, you talk about 
I mean, lights-out defense, that's what the Jets play. And they can do it against anybody. Now, especially against a third-string quarterback. Yeah. Where you I mean, run the Giants, yeah. yeah. Your last plays are 24 runs. But they absolutely can do it. And here's the thing. He's got to make some improvements. Well, I saw, remember I kept saying he's a little bit better each week? Well, at the end of the game, he made substantial improvements. Yeah. And so that was, that, that's where I give him credit. I don't think he had a great game, obviously, but sure. I think, you know, the two sacks bothered me that he took late in the game. Mm-hmm. But I see growth in him. I also saw growth in him at the, at the uh, podium. Yes. When he started, when he gave his, he, he can't help himself, but he, he, he gave, gave, his, gave his teammates credit. And then, of course, me. And me, too. It was just, and me, too. I'm one of the boys. Like, I get but He's thrown one he's pick a, in his he's last He's a lot like me that way. <laughs> Very quickly. He, he looks like a different player when the game is late and they have no choice but to fling it. What is that? That last drive that we just showed there, anyone who just saw our highlight would say, boy, the kid played great. What they were missing were the 59 and a half minutes that came before that. So what, what, what is it about that situation that he just gets it done? It feels to well, me like... Like when they have no choice but to let him do it, he can do it. Well, I think because sometimes you get into a moment you you have no other choice but to fight, like, kind of be very aggressive with the football. Right. And, and if you throw a pick there at the end of the game, it's what we were going to lose anyway mindset. So, right. And the athleticism showed up a little bit. I, I'm not putting a gold jacket on the kid. Right. But four drops do impact that game. Yeah. Like if those four drops happen – then the game isn't the the situation that we saw play out. All I know is this. When the injury happened, everyone was freaking out because Zach Wilson would throw crazy interceptions. He has won in his last 170 attempts. We have to give the young man credit for becoming something we that are. no one thought he could be. Yeah, they're also there, but they're playing so conservatively. And that's, the re- yeah. that's the question that's I'm smart. asking. All I, that's all I want you to say is qualified for him. It's I don't great think for him. I, I have to be honest with you. I think they have to open it up a little bit. They're playing Justin Herbert this week. Yeah, they're playing. Right. I mean, they, they, I don't. I don't think you can count on winning these games with last-second miracle field goals. I think you have to live with the occasional turnover and let him throw the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, did this guy beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Yes, he did. He's part of it, right? Yeah, he did. Did they beat the Bills? Yeah. They did. Back when Week they had one. all those those defensive studs and all yeah. that. Yeah. This guy can get it done with this defense. Yeah. Paired up with this defense. So to me, I think it's smart playing conservatively because let's protect the quarterback, let's run the football, and when you can't do it, this guy can it's still improvise. It's a great play by Hall. Here's what I would say. I, Rex, I, I don't know. One touchdown. Like, it's not play conservatively. It's play to your strengths. I think it's playing to your strength. Yes. It's playing smart. Yeah. They've got this guy playing, playing smart. not reckless. In the past, he played reckless. He's not playing reckless That's anymore. That's fair. The Jets actually saved most of their stupidity for defense yesterday. They committed some of the Penalty. dumbest penalties ah. I've ever seen in my entire life yesterday Who's their and next almost five gave games? that game away. Who's their next five I know they play the Chargers and the Raiders. And um, then I think the, Miami. Miami is the is the the, Miami, the, the Bills Black Friday game. Yeah, they they could at worst go three and two. If they do that, and, now and we're talking playoffs. One. Let's run the hurry up here. Tons of stuff we haven't even gotten to sick. barely yesterday. Let's roll here, guys. Quickly, Vikings, devastating blow for them. Kirk Cousins tearing the Achilles. I mean, what what? Danny, what do we say here? Yeah, one, it's awful, Thomas. This year, one, so it's awful for the Vikings. Kirk was playing so good, and he's one of the great humans in the NFL. Yeah, it's disappointing. I don't think that they can do anything about it, but uh, it's unfortunate because I was looking forward to Kurt breaking the bank again on somebody's head this offseason. He like might still, right? Yeah, he he might, might still, even with that. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, they, they fought their tails off to get back. They're, they're one and a half games 
away from uh, being in first place in that Ooh. division. So right. to me, this is a devastating injury. They don't have anybody who's going to be able to replace him. And, and Cloudy's the biggest question for them. How do they keep Justin Jefferson? Because at least well, with the conversation of, well, we have Kirk Cousins, it was going to matter. Now, because of the injury and the unknown, it cloudies that conversation. Clears it up a little bit, honestly, because they weren't keeping Kurt anyway. Like they, he was moving on. They had already known that. That seemed he was playing this year on the last year of his deal. They were not paying him. They weren't yeah. keeping him. So maybe they got to find somebody that Justin believes in that'll make him want to stay there. Let's see how many games they wind up winning the rest of the way. Meanwhile, the team they beat yesterday is Green Bay and the continued struggles of Jordan Love. Danny, show me some tape. Gr- Greeny, I get frustrated every single week more and more watching this tape. Now, that throw I actually think is a really good, good throw. It's just a great interception. I think it goes to the right place. The mechanics have fallen apart. So too often this play gets called in second and five. Double stick, we call this, okay? Where it's inside guys, out routes, outside guys, out routes. Now you get pressure and it's covered too. So that corner's gonna um, play the flat and it's gonna be a whole shot conversion. But look at Jordan Love's feet. Can we play that again for me guys real quick? The, the, the feet hopping. I talked about this last week, Greeny. Um, the mechanics seem to, when, when you see a quarterback do that, and I see Jordan Love do this too often. Again, that, this is the concept of double outs, but I want everyone to focus on Jordan's feet. It, it looks like he's reading the defense too much. Instead of anticipating what the coverage from the defense is, watch, he's not in a throwing platform. See how hoppy he is? He's not ready to throw the football. That's a completion if you're ripping that whole shot, which is in between that safety and that cover two corner. But I see too much of that for Jordan Love, and when I see that, I see a guy like trying to see what's the defense doing in comparison to like what Dak Prescott Exactly, like, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 I mean, Jordan Love is now whatever. It's been a seventh start, eighth start, and Dak Prescott's been playing eight years. Yeah, is that the that, kind of thing that will come with experience? I think, yes. But the thing is, Greeny, that I don't like is I saw it in the preseason, and I saw it in the first two weeks, and it's gotten gradually worse throughout That's the it. season. And you don't see it. Like, you see young quarterbacks with potential. You see it sometimes. They do it sometimes. Yeah. And that's what, like, when we talk about how smart Dak is, yeah. all the quarterbacks that we think are smart is because they figured out what the coverage is before the play happens. Correct. And then they can start to manipulate it. If you are trying to figure out what the coverage is and then make your decision to manipulate the defense, it's too late. Yeah, and you're spot on. And, and I would say maybe Dak isn't the, the, the fair comparison, but a player like Sam Howell is. Yeah. You watch Sam Howell, it's like, man, where can I throw this ball 22 yards downfield because I love it. Meanwhile, the next thing we wanted to show you was Will Levis yesterday who Ooh. gets the opportunity to play for the first time and lit it up through four touchdowns, mm. Danny, in his debut. Yeah, th- this was probably my highlight of the weekend, knowing that, okay, the young man was a highly projected pick, and then he falls in the draft, and he's got to sit in that green room, he gets his opportunity, and he remembers that DeAndre Hopkins plays for his football team. He was very impressive. I understand it's just one game, but he threw the ball up and down the field and some big-time throws down the field. And then probably the best moment, honestly, is him with his family after the game celebrating. What a cool moment for Will Levis. Yeah, we're going to see it here coming up in a moment after the touchdown there to DeAndre Hopkins. Again, this is the kid who Beautiful. fell like crazy Ridiculous. in the draft. That's a great throw right there. I mean, he, he, he looked awful, yeah, but there great. he is. There's that moment with his family. Yeah, kudos to him and his family. Just, uh, you know, the journey, right? We all kind of know what it's like and, and for everything that was kind of said about him, for have that, that week one performance or first start performance, uh, fantastic. Yeah, see, I thought he was the second best uh, quarterback in the draft uh, behind Stroud, and I'm telling you right but now. what do you know? What would I know? I had to defend against a few of them. But here's what I know about this kid. All right? If, I mean, he's not Justin Herbert, but he might be. And so, to me, he's got the size, the strength, the athleticism 
Does he have the intangibles? That, I don't know if he's got the, the brains of Herbert because brain, you know, he, he had the highest Wonderlick score Herbert did. I don't know about this kid, but what I saw in when this kid was a junior at Kentucky, I thought he was the number one player in the country. So did a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, now you see him drop, and he gets out of the first round. I'm like, why in the hell? When you come, this is why when you see a big, strong guy like this, he can play in the NFL. Size, speed, league. All right, let me leave that there for the moment. As we continue, it's a Cowboys-Eagles showdown coming up. Jerry Jones doesn't want to poke the bear, but Dak has a very different attitude. You will hear from them coming up. And... We'll hear from Rex. Speaking of poking the bear, Hembo beat him last week. Let's see what happens. Winning his quarterback, who is it in the history of the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry? The answer is next. I don't like how confident Rex seems to be. Let's see how we go. Cowboys-Eagles rivalry, you know it well. Your dad yes. coached the Eagles. Who's the winningest starting quarterback in the history of the rivalry? Well, first off, I mean, this one right here, it's sneaky because he's going to think, well, Troy, Troy Aikman won all those Super Bowls and all that type of stuff, right? right. <laughs> My old man used to beat that, you know what, all the dang time. He knows Randall Cunningham's amazing and all that. Roger Staubach. Oh, Roger Staubach is right. Roger oh, Staubach. Roger Staubach yeah. is correct. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Roger I mean, Staubach is correct. And I know I missed one, which is oh, rare. He's unbuttoning. Last week, and I apologize yeah. to everybody watching the pro. Where there was it? something wrong with me. Where is it? But you know what? I got something for you, Himbo. Where, Where is it? Boom! Right there! <laughs> I own you! I absolutely own you! I don't know what happened. I think... Yes, except, I mean, I, I don't care what you say here. My record, I lost one, and again, I was devastated. But I think I'm on a win streak now. Roger Staubach, you got Randall Cunningham. You've done all that, please. Staubach is number one. Aikman was actually two, followed by McNabb and then Tony Romo. Yeah. Speaking of Cowboys-Eagles, that game is coming up this weekend. Danny, there's no one better on the touchscreen. Talk to me about the use of C.D. Lamb and what we have going forward. Rex talked about using him as the X receiver when they put him by himself to dictate coverage. Two examples of it. So first of all, I want to point out to everybody that they're in 12 personnel. That means one back and then two tight ends. What that does is forces the defense to have five big guys on the field. Now we get into a passing formation advantage us. Now the Cowboys are in what's known as a four strong. One, two, three, four. We're kind of forcing the defense to drift towards that four-man side. Now CeeDee Lamb is up top by himself. CeeDee's going to be running a go route. Dak Prescott is going to have CeeDee Lamb on a go route. And this is what matters. He's going to read this backside safety. If this backside safety pays attention to that four-man side, we're going to throw the red zone fade to CeeDee Lamb one-on-one. If that safety pays any type of attention to CeeDee Lamb, this is what I love getting into the 12 personnel. We have a tight end on a seam versus a linebacker. Dak's going to do a fantastic job when he catches this snap of doing one thing, looking at that safety. Where's that safety going and what is he doing? Catches the ball, what's that safety doing? He clearly double teams CeeDee Lamb. Now here's the most important aspect of this. Down in the red zone, everyone says, well, it happens faster. Dak wants to throw this seam on that linebacker, but it has to be one, two, three, ball, foot in the ground right now, great throwing posture. 
tight end's going to be down the seam, and the ball is absolutely perfect by Dak Prescott. Ooh. Absolutely spectacular. So, understanding CeeDee Lamb used as the weapon, dictate the coverage, safety tells you where to throw the football. Now we're going to go to CeeDee Lamb's touchdown. He is going to be backside on what we call a post, corner, post. Now we have front side, corner route, and a little under route. The same read for Dak Prescott is going to be that safety. If that safety goes to this side, we want to work CeeDee Lamb. If he doubles CeeDee Lamb, we've got a great opportunity with the high-low front side. I love this from Dak Prescott when he gets the ball with his eyes. Initially, he's like, okay, safety, what are you doing? Now, everyone pay attention to that safety. See where he starts. Basically, on that O for the Cowboys. Dak is going to now do what with his eyes? He's now staring this way. Mm. He's taking that safety two or three yards from that outside of the O to drifting towards that W, and look what happens. He's still staring this way. That safety drifts all the way there, and here comes CeeDee Lamb on that post route, that post corner post. You don't think those two or three yards matter? Oh. Absolutely spectacular. So when Dak Prescott plays that way with his eyes, knows the coverage, and I think Rex's point is great. When they put CeeDee Lamb in those moments by himself as an ex-receiver like the Bengals do with like a Jamar Chase, it dictates the, t- the coverage. Dak often knows what it is. And then he gets to use his eyes as a weapon. And now he gets to play against the Eagles next week in a huge showdown game for the top of the division. And Dak is ready to bring on Philly. Listen. Jerry did say he didn't want to talk about the Eagles because he's learned his lesson. So He didn't want to poke the bear. He didn't want to poke the bear is what he said. <laughs> poor honey on me, I always say that, you know. You see me in a bear in a fight, poor honey on me. So he can poke it. It's part of it. It's part of the National Football League. Whether we talk or not, we know what's ahead of us. Uh, great opponent. Um, excited for it. Who has the edge starting a huge week? Who has the edge, Dallas or Philly? I give it to Philly. I think that defensive front is going to be a lot for them to deal with on the, uh, for the, for the uh, Cowboys offensive line. What, what's the number one thing you're watching in this, in this matchup here? I want, to, I want to see, number one, Dan Quinn, his adjustments to that power running game yep. where before, look, last year they weren't up to snuff. Let's see about this year. Is there a big gap between these two, Cowboys-Eagles, top of the division? They get a chance to prove it this week. And there, there's a big enough gap. I don't, I don't know how massive it is, but there's a big enough gap. I think this game is going to come down to a couple things. One, which receiver kind of dominates a little bit more. We just talked about CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown playing Ooh. as good as anybody. Oh. I think a, an underlying thing is – Dak Prescott's legs have become a little bit more of the conversation this season. And then Jalen Hurts, we all know, is dealing with a little bit of something going on with his knee. Which guy can kind of get out of trouble with their feet to help some bad and create some good? Well, we will still see one of the better teams in the NFC tonight. Just how good? We'll find out. Don't forget, Monday Night Football, for the first time since 2018, we're in Detroit. Lions. Give me the Raiders. Raiders 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. And that brings us to the DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions, which are brought to you by DraftKings. Are we thinking more or less than 71.5 receiving yards tonight for Devontae Adams? That's the question. Rex, give me the answer. I'm going to say he's going to go over because they're going to uh, be behind this Lion team. So you think he's throwing the yep. ball tonight and Devontae Adams again with Jimmy G we'll back? Over. Uh, Dominique, I see you sitting there with a less underneath your name. Yeah, I mean, I think the the uh, Devontae Adams and the Raiders are kind of done with each other and the end is near for them. Is it possible tonight is his last game in that uniform? It, it's not unclear either way. Danny, you're thinking more. I'm thinking more. I think your point of them being behind is a, is a really good point, Rex. I also think coming off of the past couple weeks, they have to find a way to be very focused on getting in the ball. 
Uh, don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use the promo code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown, is yours. First take, top of the hour. Dak Hurts, who was more impressive? They're talking about it. Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Danny will be there. First take, next on ESPN. Quick joke, Danny. Why do, why do skeletons have low self-esteem? I don't know. Why? Because they have no body to love. <laughs> no. <laughs> First take, go. <laughs> uh.